Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Ali Melnicki, and always accompanied, as usual, by Robert Kowalski. But we also have a special guest on today. Our wonderful CEO, Mark Thomas, is here to join us as we preview the NFC North. Mark is a huge Packers fan. So without further ado, Mark, why don't you introduce yourself and give a little bit about your background as a Packers fan? Sure. Uh, thanks for having me, Allie. Thanks for having me, Robert. Uh, yeah, excited to talk about the Packers and the NFC North here today. So I originally grew up in uh, Wisconsin, born and raised, uh, and then went to school. Uh, and in, well, I was born and raised in the Milwaukee area, and then I went to school at Madison. So uh, yeah, a diehard Packers, Brewers, and Bucks fan. Uh, and so I've been a Packers fan since 1992, uh, which was basically the first Brett Favre year. Uh, and I was uh, started to see him play early in the year, and I was hooked and been a fan ever since. And so I've seen nothing but Hall of Fame quarterback play <laughs> for the last 30 years. So all these fans that always are like, oh, quarterback sucks. I don't really know what that means. Although I guess I did have a taste of it last year when Jordan Love played the game again uh, against the Chiefs. Uh, but for the most part, uh, I've seen nothing but stellar quarterback play. And uh, yeah, excited for uh, their team this year and uh, excited to talk about them and uh, the rest of the division. Awesome. So without further ado again, uh, Robert, why don't you start us off by giving us the Packers odds and well first they're over under total and then the odds because we know they did lost they did lose Devontae Adams that was the big loss of the offseason for the Packers but they did make a few splashes in the draft they got two wide receivers I believe one in the second round and one in the third round quick Christian Watson is the one in the second round so Robert why don't you give us the over under that we're looking at right now and the odds Right, exactly. So obviously the no news here losing Devontae Adams is going to be a big blow for the Packers but they still have Aaron Rodgers, right? And that's kind of really all that matters in this era of the NFL. So their season win total, we set after a, a little bit of debate, we set it at 11. Uh, so it's it's a flat bet. So you're betting 11 to win 10, no matter what. They are tops in the, in the division. And that's the number that currently is really not budging, uh, where we're getting equal action both ways to over and under. Well, that's the whole point of the of, of what you're supposed to do on the bookmaking side, Robert. That's perfect. It's a sweet, sweet dish. <laughs> so, Mark, why unless they get exactly eleven, at which point it was a big waste of time. Yes, correct. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Ellie. So, Mark, why don't you go ahead and you give us, you know, your analysts of the Packers offseason, both their free agent moves, the draft, and then after all that, give us your prediction for the over under. Yeah, so it certainly wasn't ideal to lose Devontae Adams, but this was completely out of their control. In fact, uh, I think the rumor is that Rodgers knew about uh, Devontae Adams leaving even when he signed the contract, um, even though the Devontae Adams move didn't happen until after Rodgers signed the contract. So, look, I mean, the reality is, is Devontae just absolutely positively wanted to play closer to, um, you know, California. Uh, he had wanted to reunite back with Derek Carr, who he played with at Fresno. Uh, and so, you know, it was just, I think they offered him the max. And he's just like, no, I want to, I want to go play for the Raiders. So they didn't really have a choice. Um, I mean, not getting a first rounder back for him was really perplexing. Um, I didn't really understand that one at all. Um, but I mean, part of it probably was because their hands were tied, right? And so, whereas if they had been able to go after the entire NFL uh, and trying to trade him, um, you know, that would have been, uh, that would have been uh, different, uh, but kudos to them for for working with Adams, uh, you know, to uh, to make that happen. Right. They could have just said, 
No. Uh, so, you know, Packers, I think, a pretty classy organization. Sometimes a little cheap, but they're classy. Uh, so, um, yeah, um, obviously they broke the bank for Aaron Rodgers to bring him back. So he'll not for sure be retiring as a Packer. That's a no-doubter at this point. And look, I mean, <laughs> it's one, two MVPs in a row. Uh, I mean, he'll be, I think he's 39 in December um, is what it's going to be. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't see him slowing down. So then the, you know, the big question of course is, will the rest of the, the offense be able to step up? So first of all, uh, I don't think people realize like just how important David Bakhtiari is right. on the offensive line. I still contend that if Bakhtiari hadn't torn his ACL, uh, in the, uh, prior to the playoffs in, uh, 2020, that they would have beat the Buccaneers, uh, in Lambeau uh, and gone on to the Super Bowl, but alas, he did not play. And so that was a big loss and obviously didn't play at all last season. And I don't know if he's going to start the season, but he, he'll definitely be back this year. Um, so he's huge. Um, same with Eldon Jenkins uh, on the offensive line. He'll probably be starting. Uh, I still think their offensive line is great. Uh, I think from a scheme perspective, they're top notch, top in the league, or you know, one of the top teams in the league in terms of offensive line scheming. Uh, and even when not Aaron Rodgers is, you know, very adept outside the pocket and great at eluding pressure. So I'm not concerned about that side of things. Certainly it'd be great to have Devontae Adams, but let's let's think about this for a second. One of the biggest reasons they lost that freaking game against the Niners is because Rodgers locked in on Adams and would not look at anybody else. And I think actually, if anything, I think not having Adams and not having that crutch, I think will force Rodgers to look around the rest of the field, especially in the playoffs when it really matters, when they'll double team guys like Adams and force him to spread the ball around. Of course, you still need talent on that side. I agree with Rodgers that Lazar can be number one, as long as he stays healthy. Um, and uh, Cobb is, you know, a good slot player, uh, but, uh, you know, he needs to stay healthy too. Uh, certainly the question marks will be Dobbs, um, as well as um, uh, Watson, you know, are they going to be able to step up as rookies? And then what does, you know, Sammy Watkins have left in the tank? Not sure there. But look, the reality is, is that freaking Aaron Rodgers, oh, excuse me, uh, Aaron Jones can be a wide receiver too. Let's just be real about that. He is a wide receiver uh, uh, masquerading as a running back. Dylan is going to get most of the carries at running back. I think they will flank out Aaron Jones a lot this year, especially if they're obviously the, the other folks are struggling. Uh, so I don't see, I mean, maybe you see a little bit of a downturn in the offense, but that's not really what I want to talk about here. Sorry for the monologue, but I, I, I got to talk about the defense. I think put it down market here. I think the Packers will have the number one defense in the NFL. That's the part that people aren't realizing. So even if their points per game, if they score drops a few, you know, a few points or so, I think their defense, and we saw it towards the second half of last year, is just absolutely, totally locked down. Uh, Kenny Clark, Lowry, uh, Rasul Douglas, um, Rashawn Gary, Jared Alexander. Uh, I mean, it just this is a this is a top, for sure, top five, uh, probably top three, and I think top one. Okay, so I mean, this is, and I even talk about Darnell Savage and uh, Adrian Amos, right? Stokes. Um, I, I think this is a really lockdown defense, and so they don't need to score as many points. Um, I think it's actually going to come down to special teams again. They lost their Niners game last year because of special teams. Period. End of story. Um, yes, their offense should have done more, but they lost the game because of special teams. So, with a lockdown defense, uh, with the offense maybe taking a, a little bit of a step back, but I don't think that big of one. As long as the special team steps up, and they obviously got Rich Passaccia from the Raiders. 
to help out with that. I love our chances to not only win the division, but to also have the number one seed again. Wow. I'm with you. I like the over on this one. You know, when I saw 11 was the number when I wrote my blog a few weeks ago, I agree with you. I think that their defense is vastly underrated. I think Quay Walker in the first round was a steal for them. I honestly thought he was going to get taken higher. So I think you guys landing him was huge. And I'm probably one of the few who've been saying all offseason, I'm not worried about the drop-off in the offense. I mean, this is still Aaron Rodgers. Yes, Devontae Adams is one of your top receivers in the game. But I don't think he's, you know, you look, they won 13 games last year. I don't think Devontae Adams is worth two wins in that in that sense, if you want to compare that. So I'm right. going all the way on the over for that one. Robert, what about you? I, I can't see this going under because I'm looking at the schedule right now, one through 18, uh, you know, after the bye. Uh, that's, I mean, I don't know, maybe at Philadelphia they lose. Maybe hosting the L.A. Rams, they lose that game. But they're probably primed for 12 to 13 wins. Uh, I'm glad, Ali, you mentioned uh, Clay Walker. I thought that was an incredible pick. Also, Mark, you, we were talking about the defense. Also, you got uh, Sharon Reed, the defensive tackle from Kansas City. So you got plenty of great defensive help along from what you already had. I think, Mark, you kind of nailed it right there with special teams. Uh, a couple of key mistakes here or there could – I mean, you're not going to – first off, we're not even talking about them not making the playoffs. They'll do that. And you just hope that they're completely primed and ready once postseason comes. You've got enough weapons to throw to. I completely agree with you on Aaron Jones. I think he's going to be you know, a top five, if not top three running back in all of the NFL. So at the very end of the day, the 11 number, um, let's just say that I'm happy that I have some unders on that from a book. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, looking at their schedule to kind of pinpoint this, I see about four losses. Well, I actually think they could lose opening opening week at Minnesota just because of, uh, you know, it's a division rival. Their crowd is right. going to be jacked, uh, new coach, all that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, I see them losing at Minnesota, at Tampa, uh, at Buffalo. Uh, and then you're right, probably one of the random game, uh, you know, uh, maybe the Eagles, maybe Tennessee, maybe the Rams. I don't know. So 13, maybe 12 wins at the absolute uh, worst. They actually don't have a, that difficult of a schedule outside of four or five games. Um, I think the about 75% of games are very, very, very winnable. So, uh, yeah, uh, over it is. Well, Tampa is not too far from Miami. So you're getting tickets to see Rodgers versus Brady on that one? Well, they play in Miami on Christmas Day, so for sure I'm going to that yeah. game. <laughs> uh, yeah, for those of you that don't know, I live in Miami uh, now. Uh, and then we're talking about the uh, the Tampa game, too. Um, so they make two trips to Florida this year. Uh, definitely the Christmas Day game. Uh, trying to get some relatives from Wisconsin to come down and visit for that, too, <laughs> and take them there. Uh, we'll have to see about the Tampa game, though. Uh, got a lot of work travel coming up in October. But, uh, yeah, uh, it's awesome that they come here twice. Let me ask you guys, because one thing that I've been saying all offseason as we talk about, you know, Odell Beckham Jr., he's still a free agent, won a Super Bowl with the Rams before. I believe he tore his ACL or Achilles. I forget which one before uh, the Super Bowl ended. But I've been saying I think Beckham could sign with the Packers midseason once he's healed. Do you see that at all, Mark? Um, the Packers don't usually have a history or at least this regime, I should say, maybe Ron Wolf would do something like that, but th this regime or even the previous regime with, uh, with Ted Thompson, I don't think Goody usually goes and does it. In fact, I, they should have done it last year, right? They've done it last year. I think they, I think they're going to the Super Bowl. um, instead of the Rams. So he usually doesn't make those kind of moves, but, um, 
if obviously their offense, if their wide receivers are really struggling and if it looks like Beckham can come back healthy, um, then sure. I think they'll make a, make a run at it. I think it just depends on what the cost is going to be for that. But I, I think the one, th- one reason they might lean towards doing it this year versus last year is he clearly made a difference for the Rams in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl, right? I think part of the reason they didn't go after him, uh, you know, when he was in Cleveland is because they were worried about him being a, you know, head case and, you know, could he really come, you know, step up when it mattered and all that stuff. Well, he proved last year he began. So now I I would say they'd probably be more likely. Of course, that would probably, uh, there'd probably be a lot of other suitors as well, too. So we'll have to see. You did mention to Aaron Rodgers, if our listeners didn't already know, he has one back-to-back MVP. So, Robert, you know, what what are Aaron Rodgers' odds this year entering the season for MVP? Is he toward the top odds-wise? Yeah, no, absolutely. So when we created the pool, I really, I mean, first off, again, so everyone knows, at least from my location, I'm uh, I'm here up in northern Nevada. So uh, I've got quite the gateway to everyone that's uh, coming here from the Bay Area of California. Well, you know what that means. Well, I'm, I'm quite heavy on anything that has to do Bay Area. The first, I'm not kidding you, the first eight of 10 bets to win the MVP in the NFL this year were on Trey Lance. So my oh number my God. Two, really? I, I, I cannot lie. It's just what the system says. It's the wow. number. It is Trey Lance. And so, I mean, look, the numbers are what they are. You know, we, by the way, I offered Trey Lance at, at 65 to one. And so, it's been bent all the way down to 40 already. Uh, Aaron Rodgers right now, 12 to one, and he is the fifth choice behind Allen Mahomes, Burrow, Justin Herbert. Wow. Yeah. So, okay. So I'll say this. I could see a, a major voter fatigue issue setting in here. That being said, Favre did win three times in a row, or he tied the third time uh, with Barry Sanders. Um, I, I think it's more doable in the NFL than the NBA. Um, because you almost always in the NBA can make a really strong case for like three or four guys. But I mean, if Rogers again goes out and puts up those numbers and it does it without Devonte Adams um, and they have the number one seed again and win like 13 games and he puts up like a 40 to four touchdown to interception ratio again, unless Allen, maybe if Allen and the bills get the number one seed, I think he should probably, assuming he plays well to get them there, um, because the Bills have never had the number one seed, you know, for a very long time. So that would be something new in the equation that hasn't happened. I think if the Chiefs get the number one seed um, and Holmes just plays decent but not great or is injured again, uh, then they won't. Then he won't be able to do it. Uh, so I, I, I'd say he should be. Yeah, I, I definitely say he should be behind Allen. Mahomes is probably pretty close. Brady probably pretty close. So yeah, he should be third or fourth. That's about right. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I put when I wrote my blog the other day about NFL MVP, he was one of my best bets to take. I think Rodgers can threepeat. I think he can come out and be explosive. And like you said, Mark, really do it without any help. But before we move on to the Vikings, Robert, like Trey Lance, really? I know we're not talking about the NFC West, but you know, what are people seeing in Trey Lance? Because I watched Trey Lance play a little bit in college, and then I watched him in the few starts he had last season for the Niners, and I just wasn't impressed. You know, what are you seeing, Robert? Allie Neal, Nikki, two words for you. Blind faith. (laughs) That's all it is. I mean, I actually didn't even have the pool up and running until someone came up with a Niners jersey on and said, hey, can I get Trey Lance to win MVP? I'm like, "I, I, I guess you're kind of, 
you know, give me any idea of who you want to bet here, you know, but still I wanted to give him fair odds. Uh, and, and so really it's just kind of a, uh, a bias for the Bay Area. I'm, I'm I'm located, you know, not too far away. It's about a three, three and a half hour, you know, drive. And and so I'm just going, I know I'm going to get it. That doesn't mean that, you know, I'm, I'm not going to give him the best odds that I can. Ultimately, you know, from the hundred and oh, 30 players that I have listed so far, it's just not, you know, look, we all, we, it's pretty confident that I'm going to see a quarterback win the MVP again. And, and Mark, to your point, you're absolutely right. If Aaron Rodgers does what he does with this current crop and without the offensive line that he had in previous years, I still think even if he doesn't get the number one seed, he should win MVP. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just uh, really unbelievable what he's able to do uh, out there. And I think it's it's especially those interceptions, right? Um, I mean, he just – nobody protects the ball like he did. And also I would say this too is that while he's clearly – and this is something I, I have an issue with him on – is his playoff performance. He clearly has playoff uh, you know, performance issues. He is right up there with Peyton Manning. He's one of the best regular season quarterbacks ever, right? And so um, he's just very loose. Uh, he knows exactly what he wants to do. Um, you know, he carves up defenses, you know, uh, you know, with no problem. So, yeah. Uh, now, that being said, it is possible that he might this regular season have a little bit of a lack of focus because of the fact that, they went 13 and four last year, had the number one seed and then lost in the divisional round. Um, maybe he's like, eh, the regular season, not as big of a deal. I, I'll, I'll still play well, try and get to 11, 12 wins, but I won't care as much about the number one seed. You know, let's just win the division, have a home playoff game um, and and not break our backs to get the number one seed because hell, it didn't do anything for us last year. In fact, I would even argue that he probably plays better on the road in the playoffs uh, because, I think because he's older and playing in the cold is probably not ideal for him. But regular season, I mean, he'll be right up there. Yeah, let me ask you this, Mark, before we do move on. You know, we've talked a lot about Devontae Adams leaving and all. Who do you see, which wide receiver do you see really stepping up this year? Is it Lazard? Is it one of the rookies? Who do you see? Yeah, it's Lazard if he can stay healthy. Um, So Lazard's had some injury issues in the past. Um, But uh, Lazard has speed. Uh, he has the experience as his fourth year now. Uh, I've, I mean, in terms of like seeing flashes of brilliance from him, um, he's done it. Uh, he has playoff experience and playoff success. I mean, he had that bomb 55 yarder in the playoff game against the Rams, um, in 2020. So he, uh, he understands he can play in big games. He's, he's cool with that. It doesn't affect him or bother him. Uh, and, uh, he has Roger throwing the ball. So I, I don't see any reason. And he's great at, he's great at, just catching the ball. Like, um, I mean, if any weakness, he maybe has a little bit on the route running side, but speed and uh, hands, if, you know, if he gets even just a little bit open and Rogers puts the ball there, he will catch it. So yeah, I, I think he'll get a lot more touches this year. And I absolutely can think, think that he can, uh, can be a number one, obviously he won't be Adams, but uh, I, I, don't, I think he can be uh, absolutely right up in there for sure. Nice. So we're all three of us are in agreement, though. We like the over on their win total, correct? Yes. Yep. Awesome. So let's move on to the the Vikings. They're one of their nemesis in the NFC North. Now, the Vikings were one team last year. I felt like just kept getting close to winning a game and then they would go into overtime and lose. I think they had like the most oh, the most overtime losses in the league last season. 
But Robert, what are we looking at right now for their over under win total? And what are the odds? Right. So the Vikings, of course, they've got, you know, a unique advantage of having nine home games and seven true road games uh, with one London uh, against the New Orleans Saints. Uh, just looking at Minnesota having the 13th easiest schedule based on the 2021 records uh, and 10th when looking at the 2022 projected win totals. I've got their total set at nine, uh, shaded to the over, uh, minus 125 to win 100. Got it. So I'll, I'll start this one because I like the over and the Vikings are one of my teams that I picked to win the wild card this year. One of the three teams that will do it. If you look at the record last season, they were eight and nine of their nine losses. Eight of those losses came by one score or less. And the only loss that didn't come by one score or less was when they lost to the Packers. I believe the second to last game of the season and they had their backup quarterback. I believe it was Sean Mannion starting for them. So you could just totally discount this team. I think now with the new head coach, you know, the Mike Zimmer era is gone. I really like this team this year. I, you know, they have one of the best running back duos with Alexander Madison as the backup to Dalvin Cook. One of the best wide receivers in the game, Justin Jefferson, who now, you know, you could say is the best wide receiver in that division. And he has a tandem with Adam Thielen right there. So to me, it all comes down to Kirk Cousins and what he can do. And Kirk Cousins is a decent regular season quarterback. You know, he hasn't performed up to his level when it comes to the postseason yet, but that doesn't mean they can't get to the postseason. So I'm going over on this one. Mark, what about you? Yeah. For those of you that uh, know me, uh, in all four major professional sports, there's no team I hate more than the Minnesota Vikings. Um, so this is a, a, a painful topic for me to discuss. Uh, literally, like out of all four sports, I, I hate no team more than the Minnesota Vikings. So that being said, you know, I'm a realist and, uh, you know, want to give a, a correct answer here. So, yeah, I mean, they definitely have enough talent to win more than nine games for sure. Uh, I definitely see them winning about 11, uh, 11 and six is probably about right. <clears throat> um, you know, on the whole winning and losing close games. So generally you're right. You do, do generally revert back to the mean on that. But I, I, I think that's usually when you have like kind of all the same pieces in place, they have new coaching staff, um, you know, defense is looking a little different for them. So I don't think you could just go in, Oh, well, they lost a lot of close games last year. So this year they're due to win a lot of close games. Uh, it's not quite like that, uh, you know, in all situations, but yeah, I mean, they basically got about the same schedule that the Packers do uh, more or less uh, with a couple changes. And so, uh, yeah, I, they've obviously got, you know, talented, very talented wide receiver. Um, that being said, a lot of, uh, you know, folks around Kirk Cousins definitely says, definitely say that he is uh, too cautious with the football, almost kind of like how Aaron Rodgers played in the postseason. Rod, uh, Cousins plays like that all the time. And so the problem with Cousins is, you know, he just, you know, he doesn't take enough chances. And then when he does, he usually throws interceptions. So I don't know. I mean, we don't know what the, you know, um, you know, what the new coaching staff is uh, is going to look like. Um, Kevin O'Connell came from the Rams. He was offensive coordinator there. So, you know, clearly he knows offense. Uh, I definitely expect them to put up points. The question is, is, you know, strategy wise, uh, defense wise, will they be able to keep up? Um, so yeah, I'd say left and wins is probably about right. And getting a, a fourth or fifth seed is, is about what I think they should expect. All right, Robert, what are you thinking? Yeah, I'm not quite sure if, if it was just a bad number that I put up or if it's just, 
uh, the, the general public coming around and watching more Vikings than than I know for. But I mean, I, I did open at nine flat and we're getting far more tickets on over than under. I really don't know what like caused it, like why all of a sudden, unless I had a bad number. I mean, look, like Mark mentioned, we do have, you know, the offensive set uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's coming back as, as good as it was uh, in, in season previous. Uh, but they definitely stepped up defensively, right? They got um, linebackers of Darius Smith. He's got a three-year contract now with Minnesota. They spent their first two draft picks on the secondary, uh, Lewis Sign and then uh, Andrew Booth. So th those are newcomers. And so I think that the bolster to the defense really only spells the only for one thing. So I'll also take a look at their schedule. Just I mean, It's tough for me to find them not getting to double digits as well. Uh, week one, sure, boy, uh, if, if I look at the Vikings' first three games right out of the box, we're going to know an awful lot about this team right after week three playing, you know, uh, hosting the Packers and then at the Eagles and then hosting the Lions. So uh, I honestly think that if, if they don't get to – well, if they don't get to nine wins, I think it's a major disappointment. Uh, but double digits, you know, much like Green Bay, I, I think they both can reach that number this year. Yeah, and, you know, I talk a lot too. I'm, you know, on the fantasy – Point. You know, I do the show also with Jacob Schrader, our co-worker for fantasy football. You know, Justin Jefferson's the number one ranked wide receiver in fantasy football. And I think you can make a case he's potentially, when healthy, you know, and he hasn't had any serious injuries so far in his career, he's the best wide receiver in the NFC. I mean, Robert, can you think of any other receiver in the NFC right now that's better than him? Better than Jefferson? Yeah. Uh, it's tough to call. I mean, I mean, yeah, maybe Cooper Cup, but yeah. mm -hmm. I don't know. Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase I, I really like, even though, you know, he's he's only has a very small body of work, but very, very few can can match up to what Justin Jefferson can do, unless uh, Mark's got some off the top of his head. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, Jamar Chase, and Justin Jefferson in some order there. Probably give the nod to Cooper Cup. He's won a Super Bowl, played in much bigger games, um, been doing it for longer. So, yeah, I think Cooper Cup gets a nod in the NFC and Jamar Chase. Uh, you know, I, I'm interested to see what Adams does in the AFC. I mean, it could be Adams is the number one wide receiver in the AFC if he gels instantly with Carr, but there's probably going to be some learning curve there. So just given the fact that Jamar Chase is still – and he's also, of course, played in big games, um, haven't been in the Super Bowl. Uh, so, yeah, I'd say Jamar Chase in the AFC and Cooper Cup in the NFC as the best wide receivers. Yeah, and, you know, I mentioned when I was doing my analysis of this, it still comes down to Kirk Cousins. And, Mark, you made a good point. He does get cautious at times. I don't know if it comes from his Washington days or back when he played at Michigan or, or what – or Michigan State or what, but – he just does he just seems overly cautious at times yeah so you know what does he have to change do you guys think this year for for him to lead the team to the playoffs so i think that uh you know he's one of those guys that i think if he just had some success i think all of a sudden he'd he'd be in a completely different situation he's one of those guys where i think he really snowballs whatever he has going so if things are going bad it snowballs into worse and worse and worse. And if he has things going good and going well, it gets better and better and better. Like if he had won a couple playoff games, I think he'd have the confidence to go out there and win a Super Bowl. But he is just, he's definitely more of a, not a head case for sure, nothing like some other players in the NFL. But I think kind of a, 
you know, uh, quite enough head case where, you know, he probably is his own worst enemy. Um, and if he had success and could relax out there, he'd probably be, he looks uptight. Dude looks uptight when he's playing out there. I mean, he looks like, you know, kind of nails against a, a chalkboard a little bit. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, he do needs to loosen up. He needs to start smoking some of the sticky icky that Rogers is, um, because <laughs> Rogers is as cool as, as a cucumber out there. And, uh, I think Kirk Cousins is probably the exact opposite demeanor. Does he need to get a Nicolas Cage bus for his locker room? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> well, Robert, maybe it's maybe a Snoop Dogg uh, bus. <laughs> well, Robert, I want to ask you because we talked about you know week one, the Packers and the Vikings play each other in Minnesota. What are we looking at? What's the line on that right now? Yeah, so if we look at week one's lines, I, uh, I I set them out really really early, and so obviously we've got plenty, you know, that's moved already. But uh, in Minnesota, we have Green Bay as a two-point favorite. Uh, opened it as picked. Obviously, we had no idea what was going to become of the Packers. But uh, Green Bay's already up to two. Uh, one last one and a half out there. The total set to 48. Uh, and that's pretty much been steady all the way throughout. So Pack, uh, two-point favorite in Minnesota for the uh, 125p uh, Pacific start time. I love getting points with the home team. So I think I got to take the Vikings week one in that one. How about you? Yeah. I mean, uh, so I actually, like I said, I think they can lose that game. Um, I think it's one of the games that they will probably lose. So they'll lose four games. I said, I actually think week one would be one of them. Minnesota is always a tough place for them to play. Um, and then especially week one, you know, it, it's good to play Minnesota in Minnesota late in the season. If they're out of it, then their crowd is kind of like gone. But week one, their crowd's going to be jacked up. The dome is loud. You know, new coaching staff. Um, you know, Packers might, uh, especially on offense, kind of still be finding their way. Last year out of the gate, they come out and stunk up the joint against the Saints on a neutral field for crying out loud, not even in uh, the the Superdome. So I, I actually think that is a loss. And so, yeah, if the Packers are favored, yeah, I would definitely take the points with the Vikings. Um, but like, it's like not a big deal. It's just kind of a bad timing thing in terms of them playing there that first week. Um, I think if it was reversed, cause the Vikings come to Lambo like in late December, right? Uh, I think if it was reversed, I, I think the Packers would win at home early. Um, yeah, they play in the second to last week of the season. January. It's playing New Year's Day in Lambo. Uh, I think if those two games were reversed, I think they'd win both, but given the way it's set up, I think, you know, they'll lose the first game, but of course, when the one at Lambo. Got it. Robert. Yeah, Robert, what are, we, are you seeing? Uh, has there been any action on either side yet or no one biting yet? No, actually, uh, the, the the few bets that we do have actually are on Minnesota Moneyline right now, and that does echo Mark uh, sentiment. I, I I personally, in week one, I you know if, just from a betting perspective, when I did bet, it's very difficult for me to make a case for any favorite, actually, because right. and now with only just two weeks of preseason, I mean, we really don't know what's to come. I mean, we, we can kind of project, uh, but until they hit that field, I, I, I really do love home teams, you know, in, in the first week of the NFL season. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I read this morning that there's something like a record 10 road underdogs in week one or something. So, you know, I, Robert, we talked about the past episodes that we love getting points. You know, I'm a, I always take points when I can get them, especially when it comes to home dogs. I love taking home dogs and especially especially in I love home dogs against division opponents. So I'm, I think I'm going to be right on the Vikings money line for that one. You know, we'll save it till we do our week one preview, but that's one of my early bets. So 
we all have the over again on the Vikings. So we both like the Packers to go over and the Vikings to go over. Now let's shift to the Chicago. Now let's talk about the teams that'll go under. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that being said, spoiler alert. But yeah, the Bears, Robert. What are we looking at for there over under win total? And what are the odds looking at? The Chicago Bears, obviously. They finished last year with a 6-11 and 11 record. Third in their division under the reins of Matt Eberflus now. So they're hoping to put together their first winning season since 2018. You know, Fields heading into year two, new regime. I set the total at six, and it's just been sitting there. Um, Maybe I just don't have the heat set to 425 degrees. No one seems to really care to push push this number up or down. So it's sitting right there at six, Allie. Yeah, I mean, I think I'll be the first to say it. I think the Bears are going to be the one of the worst teams in the NFL this season. I just I, I wasn't high on Justin Fields getting drafted. I liked him when he was in college. Don't get me wrong. I thought he had a solid career at Ohio State. I didn't think that his talent was going to translate to the NFL. And we saw a glimpse last season. I mean, the guy just he would go through games where he was getting sacked five or six times. And you could blame the offensive line. But when it comes down to it, the guy wasn't he 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 struggles to release the ball. It didn't look like he had a good grasp on the offense. He lost his top receiver in Allen Robertson Robinson, who went to the Rams. They lost Khalil Mack on defense. I just I don't see anything good about this team this season. So I think this is this is a lock for the under Mark. What do you think? I want to go so far as to say it's a lock just because, uh, again, the schedule, I think the NFC North has a bit of an easier schedule. Um, but, uh, and, you know, as you said, the NFC has nine home games this year. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think they'll win four or five games. Um, so it's six and a half, right? So, I mean, I would be really surprised if they got seven. I mean, but I could see like a 15 or 20% chance of them getting to seven games. Um, so I wouldn't go quite so, I mean, they're definitely a bottom tier team, but you know, every, you know, every year there's some bottom tier or teams that look like bottom tier on paper that, you know, come out and play a little bit better than you might think. I mean, week one against San Francisco, I mean, you can't say for sure that San Francisco win that game with Trey Lance. Right. Um, you know, and, and so forth. And they got a couple games against the lions, uh, pulling up the schedule right now here. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I could see when, when Seattle sucks, um, you know, I'm sorry, they're not playing Seattle. Um, so San Francisco, Houston's not great. That's two wins. Uh, sorry, I think they could theoretically beat the Giants. That's three. Washington, that's four. Uh, Detroit, that's five. Uh, Jets is six. Um, and Detroit again is seven. It's not impossible for them to get to seven. But I mean, yeah, I would say 80% likelihood they get to six or fewer. Robert, what do you think? Yeah, amazingly, I mean, look, obviously it's, no way to really sugarcoat it. You know, a lot of the win total is going to depend on how Fields performs in his second season. They play a fairly weak schedule. Yeah. Uh, but I think I, I think I just nailed – I took a look at the possible wins just based off of, like, theoretical point spreads. And, Mark, I think, I think I'm right there with you. I think they win week three, you know, hosting Houston. They beat the Giants because, yeah. Uh, in New York. Let's, let's – Sorry. <laughs> They're Sorry. The They'll win there. <laughs> They'll, they'll Washington. win against Washington. Uh, I think they could win at New England. Uh, mm. And I got them with Detroit, Atlanta in weeks 10 and 11. Uh, and then 17 at Detroit. That's seven wins right there. So it, it, it is possible. Um, but it, I, again, if, if we don't see what I, what I expect is a, is a pretty decent-sized step forward from, from Justin Fields, then it's going to be uh, 
you know, instead of six, we might be looking at three. Yeah, possible. You're right. I think they have a very large variance poss- possibility here. They could win as few as two or three games, and they could win as many as seven, right? Mm-hmm. I think they're they're one that could be kind of all over the place for sure, uh, depending on a few factors. Um, plus, again, you got coach, stuff like that. So I I wouldn't just for sure take money to the bet. I, I, like, I actually wouldn't bet this one. I, w- I, wouldn't, I wouldn't bet it. But if I had to bet, I, of course, would take the under. And I would say, yeah, 75 80% likely they will go under. But I, this is always some chance. I mean, it's not, it's not that hard of a schedule. Uh, you know, get a couple lucky wins here or there, a couple turnovers, you know, game, right? So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they get to seven. But, yeah, most likely six or fewer. I mean, the one thing, too, when I look at their schedule and I can, you know, I compare some of the subpar teams, I look at the I compare the quarterbacks and, you know, we will talk about Detroit in a second. But, you know, I'm taking Jared Goff over Justin Fields right now. When you look at Atlanta, like I take Marcus Mariota right now over Justin Fields. Same thing when you go look at the Washington Commanders, like, you know, say what you want about Carson Wentz, but I would take him as my starting quarterback over Justin Fields right now. And I just don't see the offense with the Bears, you know. His top target is Darnell Mooney. You know, David Montgomery, I just feel like has always been this mediocre running back. Like he's never impressed me enough where he's like eye popping, like, yo, he's like, like, you got to have this guy on your fantasy team or even fantasy aside, like you got to play this guy. So I just don't see the offense. I don't see how they're going to generate points. So I, you know, I'm lower on them than a lot of teams. Like I will go so far as say, I think it is a lock that they go under, six games this this podcast is called nothing but locks so that's one of my few locks that i will say but you know would i be surprised if they get to seven yeah i actually would be surprised if they got to seven games so mm-hmm. you know robert what are you looking at you know when you see the offense you know what do you project for fields this year does he take a step forward what do you think no this is a great point and, and mark actually you 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 brought up variance and I, I don't think that there's a, a franchise outside of maybe the new york jets that have you know, some really significant variance as to where their season win total could land. So that I'm looking at, you're mentioning, I mean, Fields is going to have to throw to the, you know, to the lesser of the St. Browns and then Darnell Mooney. And, you know, he's, uh, I don't know, I guess David Montgomery could have a good season, but I honestly see Fields not, not starting every game. There, there's actually a good chance that he's probably, I mean, it's, he's far more mobile than I want him to be. I think that could lead to a, a critical injury having him miss four to six weeks. It's all, you know, projection. But now that I think about it, I, I think it does go under instead of over. So I, I would lean towards under the total. Fields is probably – I don't think he finishes the season, actually. Wow. Yeah. Mark, what do you think of Justin Fields? What's your Yeah, I'm not really that impressed by him. I mean, you see Justin Herbert come out as rookie year. You can just clearly see this guy is gonna be a, a stud. Um, you know, same thing for Joe Burrow. Uh it's just there's not much here. Uh, I, I almost kinda like him to Jordan Love, right? Although I hear that Love is making progress uh under Rodgers. And Love just might be one of those sorry to bring back the Packers, but he might just be one of those folks that because he can sit behind Rodgers for five years, that eventually when he does start, he can be good um but justin fields doesn't have that right he has to he was out there from you know uh, uh last year as his, under his rookie year so yeah i i mean you never know but i just yeah i i wouldn't i wouldn't bet the farm on that one um yeah i mean i definitely i definitely think the under is a, a good play here um i do think there's other better bets to make which is why i say i wouldn't bet it 
But yeah, if I'm having to place a bet, I absolutely would go under for this one for sure. We have to find one team we disagree on. So maybe it's the Lions. <laughs> Mark and I were talking before the episode. You know, I'm kind of higher on the Lions this year than a lot of people. So before I preview anything else, Robert, what do we have for the Lions over under win total and their odds? Yeah, Detroit's going to be heading into their second season under head coach Dan Campbell. You know, they struggled in year one in his new era. Uh, but you know, there's probably much more to be expected for a step forward. We set their total at six and a half. Um, it may be a little bit more aggressive than than other books, uh, but you know, right now it's shaded to the under minus 130. Got it. Well, before I give my take, Mark, let's get your take on the lines this year. Um, yeah, I got to look at their schedule here. So in counting these up, uh, they can they can beat Washington. They can beat Seattle. Uh, they could beat Miami since that's at home. They could beat Chicago. Uh, I won't. I won't say they'll beat the Giants because that's in New York. Um, they could beat Jacksonville at home. Uh, maybe beat Carolina at home, but I think um, I think Baker Mayfield will be pretty good for them. Um, maybe beat the Jets on the road. Uh, so right now I'm at five with a couple of maybes. Uh, and I guess they could beat the Bears at home. Yeah, so, so I'd say six wins is right. Um, and with a little bit of luck, they could get above seven. Uh, this is a, a total toss-up, in my opinion. Um, if I had to lean one way, I would still lean under because I believe Goff is poor, uh, to say the least. I don't, I, I don't believe in him in any way, shape, or form. I think he's a bottom five quarterback in the league. Um, he makes a ton of mistakes. Um, I get they have a little bit more talent. I get, you know, coaching system might be in for a second year, but uh, you know, they, they they are absolutely the classic. I'm sorry, but you got to prove it to me that you can get to seven wins before I'm going to start betting on you. Right. So I would actually lean under um, given their track record um, and given the schedules hard enough that getting to seven, I think will be challenging for them. So I will go under with the Lions. Robert, what about you? I, I don't know if they get the seven wins because before they're by, there's just going to be so much sadness. I They, they may <laughs> bite the entire collar and just lose all the way into the bye. And then uh, I think they can Dallas, be Washington. They can be Washington at home or could. Seattle at home. Yeah. That, that is also true. Uh, I think, I think slightly otherwise there there's look there, everything is there to improve, but I just, I, I don't know if it's going to happen. And if they're going to come out of the bye week with one win and, and then try and regroup to, you know, to maybe change the offense only to go at Dallas then you're hosting Miami. There's, there's, then it's a Green Bay. So we've got real problems. They could be, they could be 0 and 7 going into Green Bay. So they, they're going to have quite the uphill battle to get to, you know, to the number that we set at six and a half. I mean, look, there, there's, you know, analyzing it at this point of the offseason, I would probably say it goes under the total. They would need a really big step in the right direction, you know, heading mm-hmm. into year three with Campbell in charge. Yes, you know, it doesn't take, you know, a, a couple of key players. It, it means an awful lot, Mark. I mean, you know better than anybody with Green Bay, yet you need to fill all the gaps on you know, offense, defense, and special teams. I think Detroit has significant, significant deficiencies everywhere. So, and that's why their season win total is, you know, nowhere near 500. Right. Yeah. So I'm going to go opposite. I like the over on this one. I think that they do get to seven wins. Like this is a team. I watched them actually a lot of games last year because 
I did take a lot of points with them in my pick'em leagues when we picked against the spread. So I just saw this team play with a lot of grit. And I think that's how Dan Campbell coaches. You know, he coached that one season, I believe, in Miami. They didn't give him the, the head coaching job. Now he came to Detroit. They had a lot of close games last year, let's not forget. I mean, they took the Rams pretty much to the end in the regular season game. They should have, by all accounts, beat the Ravens that one game. But the 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 referees botched the fourth down play, which allowed what's his face, Justin Tucker to kick that ridiculous 60 plus yard field goal, which destroyed a lot of survivor pools from what I remember. But mm-hmm. this is a team where I really see a lot of young talent that has a lot of potential. DeAndre Swift, I think is one of the most underrated running backs in the league. I think he's really going to have a breakout year this season. I love the Lions wide receiver core. I think DJ Chark was a nice pickup from the Jaguars. You know, we all saw what St. Brown did toward the end of last year where he just burst onto the scene. And I think Jameson Williams out of Alabama is a solid pick to round out that top three for the wide receivers. And let's not forget, TJ Hawkinson is another good tight end. So I really like their offense. I think they have the ability, you know, if Goff could step up and perform, I think they have the ability to go toe-to-toe with some of these teams. And like I said, this team plays with a lot of grit. So, you know, when Mark was counting down a lot of the maybes, I would lean toward those B wins. Now, I don't think they're going to come out of anywhere and have a, and compete for a wild card. Like, that's just, they're not there yet. But I could definitely see seven wins. I don't think that's too far-fetched to say. So, I'll disagree with you guys there and lead toward the over. But, you know, what what are you thinking, you know, Robert? Like, when you look at the Lions offense, you know, do you see a team that's going to score a lot get just on paper? Yeah, no, now that I've just been listening and just looking at their 2022 schedule, I, I actually am even I'm, – I'm going to even double down even more. I think they go one and five in their division. <laughs> I just think this is an up, upset, just, just complete, complete disaster for them this year. So I just went from, eh, I, I think they might hit the number to I'm like – Super hot taking this way, way under the total. <laughs> well, we had to disagree somewhere. But, yeah. <laughs> Finally. I guess. Yeah. I, guess, I, mean, uh, I, yeah. I, I mean, look, again, similar to the Bears, it's not like that big of a stretch to say that they're going to get to seven wins. It's just, again, the it's this one is a toss up, right? Um, and so I think the six and a half is actually the correct number um, in terms of trying to get uh, even action on both sides. Um, again, I just, you got to prove it. I mean, you get, you know, when you've had that long of a mediocre, I'm sorry, mediocrity is being kind. When you've had that long of a, uh, you know, horrible, horrible stretch of seasons as the Lions have for decades, not just a few years, decades, they've been horrible. I mean, when was the last time they won a playoff game? It was in the nineties, right? So, I mean, I just, you can't just go, oh, now they got a couple more guys that boom, they're going to, you know, do that. That being said, we're not talking about winning the division here. We're talking about getting the seven wins. So um, it's not like we're talking about getting 11 or 12 wins. That would definitely be a no. So, yeah, I mean, it's possible again. I, I still put it like 15 or 20%. Here's the game. That's going to get them toward the over week 18 at green Bay. Green yeah, Bay no. already going to no. have clinched. Well, it happened last year, right? <laughs> I mean, the Packers didn't need game uh, week 18. They won the, they clinched the number one seed going into Detroit. And they said everybody, well, actually no Rogers played for the first half. Um, but I think if, yeah, I mean, you're right. The Packers could have nothing to play for that game again, but this time you'd be at Lambeau, um, which would be different. So. Yeah, no, I get that, but I'm glad we do finally disagree on one team. So 
to <laughs> conclude the episode, Robert and I have been doing Mark these past few weeks where we rank, you know, key positions in the division. So let's start with running backs. You know, you got Aaron Jones, well, the combo of Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon for the Packers. Then with the Vikings, you got Cook and Mattinson. You have Montgomery with the Bears and DeAndre Swift with the Lions. So I'll start with you, Mark. You know, how do you rank the running backs in this division from one to four? I'm sorry. I don't even know who the running backs are, the Bears and the uh, and <laughs> David uh, Montgomery Lions. with the Bears and DeAndre okay. Swift. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. I know Devlin Cook. I mean, yeah. Um, so um I actually think Dylan is actually gonna get a lot more touches than right. uh, Jones will. And so and I and I and they might even just kind of split it too, it might be like 60-40 Dylan. So just because of that, you might go, well, you know, they're not gonna be as productive as Cook, right? Because Cook's amazing. Um, so I think it's hard to not give the nod to Cook, you know, on that. I mean, the guy can go out and win a game by himself. Uh, for sure. Um, but I mean, if you want to talk about a more complete kind of running back almost mm-hmm. slash yards from scrimmage combo, because Jones can do it at, you know, as a receiver too, that I would then probably nod to the Packers, but just purely as a running back gaining running yards from scrimmage and, you know, making a big impact on this team to just win the game by himself. I'd say cook, then the combo of Dylan uh, and um, uh, Jones, uh, then Monk, uh, Montgomery and then I'm sorry who's the running back for the Lions again DeAndre Swift yeah DeAndre Swift um I mean they last year they were using the former Packers running back now right, I forgot Jamal, his name. Williams. Jamal Lewis Jamal yeah. Lewis yeah so <laughs> uh yeah sorry uh that's why yeah and, and Montgomery's pretty good you know he's not he's not bad right yep. um he can go and have some good games so yep that would be my ranking Robert what about you a very little uh to, to change there, I I probably put Cook one, and then Jones like one A. They're so so close because mm. the number of receptions that both of them are going to pick up this year in those PPR leagues is going to make a big big difference. Then I go Montgomery, and then a really large drop off to Swift. Sorry, yeah, I yeah, yeah. I mean, I would only I would put Swift over Montgomery. I think really Swift is up and coming. I think he does have a breakout year, and just you know, David Montgomery. We've seen for years we've been waiting for. Breakout, and he just hasn't seemed to done that. So I think it even hurts him having Justin Fields in the backfield with them because I think Fields is prone to take more sacks. So you're going to see def- defenders line up and really execute the blitz a lot, and it's going to take away from the run game as well. But yeah, no, I, I agree. I think I think Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon is the top tandem in that division. You know, Mattinson and Cook isn't too far off, but I think like Mark was saying, the fact that Aaron Jones can be a wide receiver at times really gives them that edge up. So, you know, we touched on this also earlier in the episode where it comes to wide receivers, you know, I'll start with you this time, Robert, where do you want rank the wide receivers in this division? Wide receivers. I'm going to go tops is Justin Jefferson mm-hmm. uh, and give me sun God. I won't say, uh, I think that we've got, um, Following him, sunk well. Okay, hey Mark, um, Watkins. Mm-hmm. I got Watkins playing eight and a half games this year. Yeah, that's probably about right. <laughs> okay, so let's go Lazard. Right. So okay, Jefferson, St. Brown, Lazard, Thielen. I think we could probably see a big, big year from Jameson Williams. Uh, Chark, <laughs> and give me Mooney. Yeah, so I don't think you can put any 
Bears wide receivers on that list. Um, <laughs> I agree. So I think you just skip over them all together. Yeah. So certainly Jefferson is one. Um, you said St. Brown too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who it, whose uh, brother Equinemius was the former Packer and is now on the Bears. It's, it's crazy how one is so good and the other is like not very good. Uh, anyways. Uh, yeah. So Jefferson first. Uh, no, I'm going to be biased and go Lazard second, uh, St. Brown third, uh, and Thielen fourth. Um, and I'm going to throw a little wrinkle in here and say Aaron Jones, uh, fifth. I think he is going to flank out a lot this year. And I wouldn't be surprised if he may not have the fifth most receiving yards if he doesn't flank out as much as other typical wide receivers. But in terms of efficiency, yards per catch, um, et cetera, I think he, he could be, um, yeah. So that's, that's my list. Yeah. I'm, I'm right with you, Robert. I like Jefferson. I like St. Brown. And then I like Lazard after that, then, you know, you could put in Thielen. So I, I don't defer from you too much, but I should have asked this when we did talk about the Packers. So I want to bring this one back to you, Mark, you know, how do you see the two rookies doing Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs? You know, what are you hearing from them at training camp? You know, how much of an impact do you think they're going to have this season? Well, Rogers got really mad at them the other day because they kept dropping balls um, and, and running bad routes. Uh, Dobbs had a huge drop uh, against the Saints' number one defense in practice on a 70-yard absolute bomb and strike from Rogers that he just muffed. Um, that is a surefire way to get into Rogers' doghouse and not see any passes coming your way. Rogers, way more than Favre. Favre would still give you second chances and third chances and so forth because he just wanted to fire the ball in there. Rodgers will not do that. You start dropping the ball, running bad routes, you're gone. Uh, in fact, he actually went so far as to say that none of the interceptions uh, that love threw against the Niners were his fault. One drop, uh, one uh, bad route, and one contested ball that he didn't fight for. So uh, whereas most people thought at least one, maybe two of the interceptions were Love's fault, Rodgers actually supported Love and said none. None were. They were all the wide receivers. So I, I – at the same time, it's preseason. Wasn't Jamar Chase dropping a bunch of balls in preseason? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, whatever. I mean, it's preseason. I really don't pay much attention to it. Um, and uh, you know, let's see what happens in the first few weeks of the season. But yeah, I I think Dobbs can be great. And uh, Watson, I mean, he just you know I, he has played right, so it's really kind of tough to say. Uh, but he's supposed to be coming off the um, the pup list here soon, right? Uh, and uh, he should be ready for the first week. Yeah, Robert, what do you, what's your take on the two rookie wide receivers for the Packers? Yeah, I, I could say, you know, I, I watched a game of, of Christian Watson last year, and he's, you know, he's just, it was one of those instances where he's just just one gigantic big fish playing in a small pond. But he just dominated any single attempt that he ever had. I mean, he had, <laughs> he had Trey Lance throw to him. And so it ended up <laughs> the connection. I think Watson's, I think he's going to be very, very good in this league. Romeo Dobbs, I had the pleasure of watching him here, you know, for Nevada, you know, just catching everything that got thrown to him. And Mark, you mentioned the drops. I barely saw any drops from him in, in his last year here, just because it was so easy for him to beat wh whoever the number one corner was sitting on him. Even when he got double teamed, it didn't matter because he just w was that much faster and he had really, really great hands. So, uh, yeah, maybe it just was, you know, being, hey, welcome to the NFL. It's not going to be that easy, like, you know, playing in the Mountain West. Um, I, I feel that Dobbs would be 
I mean, I, I actually think I think Watt could probably have a better career right now if I had to project out after the mm -hmm. done. Uh, but both of them, I think, do have potential to become, if not starters, you know, one would probably, if not both, would have a chance to be regular everyday starters, in my opinion. Yeah, but I mean, with Rogers throwing to them, they may, I mean, he, you know, it's one of those things where he, I mean, he makes like, like Favre did in a lot of ways, and Brady does, and Manning does. He can make mediocre receivers look good. So you never know. Were you surprised at all, Mark, that the Packers didn't take a quarter, uh, a wide receiver in the first round and they chose Quay Walker instead? Uh, no, because I think they're, you know, they realize, I think, that the defense can be top, top, top upper echelon defense, like right. I said before, and they're probably trying to solidify that and beef that up even more. And I think they also realize what we've been saying here, which is Rodgers makes a lot of the offense go. Not that wide receivers can't, but um, – you know, it, 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 I would much rather have a pretty good offense and a, a top three defense than an outstanding offense and bad defense. Um, and so I think that's what they're doing. They have a pretty good offense uh, and an elite defense, and that is better than the other way around. So I, I no, I think that was right. I think that. Unlike the 2020 draft, uh, I think this one, I think this one was correct. Yeah, especially since all the top wide receivers did go. I think like starting pick number eight. Right. Exactly. I mean, Olave, like 23rd or 24th. Yeah. So I don't blame you on there, but we do have a few minutes left, so I think it should come to no surprise. But I want us to rattle them off anyway. You know, I'll start with you, Mark. Predictions one to four, how each team will finish in this division. Yeah, so I will be a little bit more on the optimistic side. I probably should be going 12 and 5 for the Packers, but I'll be a little bit optimistic. And given their schedule, uh, I will say 13 and 4 for them. I will say 11 and 6 for the Vikings. Uh, I will go uh, 6 and 11 for the Bears. And I will go 5 and 12 for the Lions. Robert, how about yourself? Yeah, I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't see any difference. Uh, I went uh, Lions to the back, uh, one game better for the Bears. Uh, and then the Vikings and the Packers to win the division. Yeah, I guess I'll just be the only one that switches. I like the Lions to finish 7-10. and 10. I think the Bears, they get four wins tops. I think that's their ceiling. So, you know, in the end, third and fourth at the end of the season is really not going to matter unless you count draft positions. But I think right. that the Packers will be competing with the Rams and the Bucks for the number one seed in the NFC. So I think that's going to be a good race to watch at the end of the year. And it might be a reason why – you know, the Packers don't rest their starters week 18 if that's still in play. I really do like how they did add, you know, the extra playoff team. They took away two teams having buys and have only one team. So it does give teams more incentive to play that final week. But yeah. that is all the time that we do have for today. You know, I want to thank Mark so much. I know he, you are always super busy. Thank you for joining us. Robert, as always, thank you. So before we sign off, uh, Mark and Robert, I'll leave it to you guys. Any last thoughts or comments or anything? No, thank you for having me. Uh, appreciate it. As always, love to talk uh, some Packer and NFC North football. Can't wait for the season to start, especially when the Brewers offense is offensive to watch every day. <laughs> I am tired of watching baseball. Bring me some football. I'm right with you on that. I'm like over baseball, especially since my Red Sox aren't doing too hot. Robert, any last thoughts? Oh, no, just uh, a pleasure and honor, Mark.
Thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, always really, really love your insight, uh, especially when it comes to uh, the team of the North, the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, well, thank you again, everyone. And next week we will be previewing the NFC South. We have some interesting topics to cover with Brady and the Bucks. We got the Saints up and coming. And what about May Baker Mayfield and the Panthers? That's going to be a fun one. So we will see you next week. Take care.